Hey, Jen Banks here. This is the podcast A is for Adversity, and I'm going to talk about being more intentional about our thoughts and our goals so we can make our lives happen instead of letting life happen to us. This is episode number 15, Nurturing. Sherry and Ken Fernandes are the owners of Lee's Candies. They are the sponsors for this episode. With the promo code A is for Adversity, you can get 20% off your order. Visit leescandies.com to check out their products and place an order. Shipping is free for orders over $50. So again, the promo code is A is for Adversity, all one word. A and Adversity are capitalized. This episode is twofold. I will first talk about parenting or mentoring, if you're not a parent, in the first half, and the second half will be about my philosophy regarding preschool, and that way I can refer future parents to this episode, or if I end up being embarrassed, it will serve as some history for me to look back on and to reflect on my beliefs in this area. If you remember from an earlier episode, my word for 2021 is flourish. And the definition is to grow or develop in a healthy or vigorous way, especially as the result of a particularly favorable environment. And this is where I see our role, especially as parents. We are there to create a favorable environment for our kids to grow. Sort of that nature versus nurture aspect. We can't control the way our kids turn out, but we can control, at least in part, the environment they grow up in. In the Bible dictionary, it says, only the home can compare to the temple and sacredness. It is our responsibility to try as best as we can to make our home a refuge, a safe place where children can ask questions and learn and develop without fear of judgment or shame and blame. I think many of us know, at least at a service level, that everyone has agency. But it's kind of hard to see that with our own children. With the best of intentions, we hope for them to turn out in a certain way. However, when we tie our emotions to that outcome, we will often be disappointed. We need to give our children space to be the people that they want to be, that they choose to be. Only our Father in Heaven knows exactly the experiences they need and need to learn from in order to reach their potential and learn the lessons that they were sent here to learn. Believing this doesn't make it easy to watch. Sometimes our children will make choices that we wish they wouldn't make. We just need to remind ourselves that it's their journey. No doubt we make choices that they wish that we wouldn't make, but we are in each other's lives for a reason. Already I'm learning a lot more from my children than they are from me, or so it seems. We're here to teach each other. I was talking to the parent of teenage children, and she was explaining to me how there are different stages of parenting, and I'd never thought of it in that way before. She feels like she's in the thick of emotional parenting, trying to give her children advice and set boundaries, teach them morals. I can imagine that that gets exhausting emotionally. She observes that I'm in the physical stage of parenting. My children are very young, and there's a lot of physically demanding work changing diapers, preparing food, carrying, dragging, helping, lifting, those sorts of tasks. I'm getting little glimpses of emotional parenting as my child, as my older child is old enough to argue back and push buttons and all that fun stuff. There are hard things and great things in every stage. 
An account that I follow on Instagram is The Common Wild. She posts very relatable aspects of motherhood. It's reassuring to know that we are not alone in our motherhood or parenthood or mentoringhood journey, especially if you're a teacher in some capacity. Many of her posts are relatable. She also has a book where you can see her cartoons in print form. Many years ago, before I was even a mother, I heard this story called The Invisible Mom. And regardless of what stage you're at, I encourage you to look it up and read it. I will summarize it in part. There is a mother who feels like she's working incredibly hard, but her children don't notice. Sound relatable? Nobody seems to notice what we do until we don't do it. She's very discouraged and is lamenting to her friend one day, and her friend shares an experience that she had on a recent vacation she went on. She was touring ancient cathedrals, and in one specific place they were renovating it, and a worker was carving a beam. This beam was to go in the very highest spot of the cathedral, many, many feet above visitors' heads. She asked the worker why he was spending so much time on it and giving it such attention to detail when nobody would see it. He responded, because God sees. This is true in many aspects of our life and especially parenting. Our kids may not notice or remember what we do for them, but God sees and notices our efforts. He appreciates us. We are his partners, or rather he is our partner in parenthood. Ever since I began listening to Jody Moore, I've been striving to discipline without raising my voice. There's a quote by Peggy O'Mara that says, the way we talk to our children becomes their inner voice. I feel like discipline goes a lot more smoothly when we don't raise our voices, although there is a time and a place for that as well, when something could be harmful or potentially dangerous. David O. McKay says there should be no yelling in the home unless there is a fire. If your spouse's version of parenting is different than your own, there is no need to worry. Your child needs both kinds of parents, and if you think your way of parenting is the best, well, good news, your children have you, but you're only half of the team. Your children need your spouse too, and if you're a single mother or father, props to you. They need that situation as well. Whatever your family situation looks like, God is aware of you, and there are tools and resources out there to help. Lean on them and don't get discouraged. Things will work out. I haven't always been close to my mom, especially in my teenage years, we often butted heads. My favorite form of rebellion was the silent treatment. It really wasn't until college when I fully noticed the error of my ways and how rude I'd been to her over the years. I remember one particular occasion where I sent her a card that said, at least I have the rest of my life to make up for it. There was a quote that I heard my freshman year of college that especially resonated with me. It's by John A. Woodso. It says, I should never for a moment forget my duty towards my mother. She has made me who I am and will greatly influence what I become. She has spent the better portion of her life in my behalf, and I owe her all the honor, respect, and affection I can give. My mom was really good at setting boundaries and really good at allowing me to make my own choices. When I started earning money, her rule was that I needed to put 50% in the bank and 50% was mine to spend, after tithing, of course. She also had a rule that we were not allowed to have sleepovers. One night, I wanted to go see a questionable movie, and her answer was no. She really taught me that no means no, 
And I use that now with my son to teach him boundaries. When I say no, I stick to it. I don't give in or he will learn that he can use that tactic again in the future. Our job as parents is to set boundaries and enforce consequences. Whether or not it changes our children's behavior is not up to us. They still have agency. We could enforce consequences all day long and they still might choose not to change. As long as we are being consistent, we're doing our jobs. I learned this firsthand as a teacher. (laughs) You need to have your classroom rules in place and then you enforce consequences like a robot. That takes the emotion out of it and helps you stay consistent. They do this, you do that. They do this, you do that. No matter what. Of course, we're humans and we will make mistakes. But again, that's all part of the lessons that we're teaching and learning ourselves. I got off on a tangent there, but my mom let me spend the money, my 50%, like I wanted to. For a while, like I mentioned in my kindness episode, I would buy large amounts of candy at Costco or Sam's Club and consume an unhealthy amount. I look back and wish my mom would have stopped me because I'm quite the sugar addict but I see now that that wasn't her job. She allowed me to spend the money the way I wanted to, and of course, she tried to feed us healthy food and did a great job of that as well. But ultimately, that was my choice to spend my money on candy. She was allowing me my agency. If you get nothing else out of this episode, remember that your children have agency. Okay, on to a lighter note. (laughs) My preschool. Are you tired of hearing me talk about it yet? (laughs) I have an ongoing inconsistent blog I update it about every other year. (laughs) And if you want to check out more of what I'm about to talk about, you can find it at anideagenerator.blogspot.com. And generator is spelled like gen, J-E-N with a J. anideagenerator.blogspot.com. And again, even if you don't have preschool age children, this can apply in any situation where you would teach children. In one of my education classes, I heard the quote by John Herner that says, If a child doesn't know how to read, we teach. If a child doesn't know how to swim, we teach. If a child doesn't know how to multiply, we teach. If a child doesn't know how to drive, we teach. Similarly, if a child doesn't know how to behave, we teach, not punish. I see preschool as a preparation grounds for elementary school. Children can start to learn how to obey a teacher's directions. Through preschool, they are able to spend time away from their parents. They can work on getting along with peers, learning how to share, and also they can strengthen their fine motor skills. The main thing I saw as a kindergarten teacher was children that had no idea how to use scissors. If children could come to school with even that foundation, a lot would be improved. That's my thought anyway. I'm doing a mini practice preschool with my son Rowan right now, and I'm beginning to see how beneficial this is for him, especially due to COVID. Because we've had home church, he hasn't even sat through a primary lesson or had to sit quietly through a sacrament meeting. I've asked my husband and mother-in-law to ask Rowan each time we have preschool what he learned that day. The other day, he reported to his grandma that he learned how to sit in his spot. (laughs) The lesson was a little bit rocky because Rowan kept getting out of his carpet spot and jumping on his bed or getting on the love sack that's in his room, and so we had to do a little time out. It was hard and frustrating in the moment, but I kept my cool and I recognized that he was struggling, and after the fact I realized 
how effective that was in helping him learn. We didn't have time at the end to play with some toys that he wanted to play with, and so he told me that next time he'd be a better listener. It is through failure that children learn. Right now, I'm planning to call my future preschool Storybrook. There are a few reasons for this. I love children's books, and I plan to have murals on the wall with images from children's books. I'll have a chicka chicka boom boom tree and animals from where the wild things are, the very hungry caterpillar, if you give a mouse a cookie. I could go on and on. Rowan's first birthday was based on the theme children's books. Also, as I mentioned, I feel like preschool is sort of a bridge to kindergarten, thus the brook part of Story Brook, a bridge over a brook. So Storybrook's preschool mission statement is to provide a safe, nurturing environment in which children can develop socio-emotional skills. And the main premise of my preschool is learning through play. I attended Utah State University and got to spend a semester in the laboratory preschool on campus. My preschool will be structured very similarly to that preschool. That preschool is also play-based. I feel like Developmentally, children learn so much through play. They develop their imagination, they're able to problem solve, be creative, converse with peers. So, so beneficial. I don't want the children to be bored in kindergarten, so there wouldn't be a big emphasis on letter names and sounds and numbers, but I would definitely make sure that there was rich literature in the children's books and exposure to print awareness and other things of that nature. To me, preschool is very different than daycare. Preschool is a short, concentrated time where children play, learn a little lesson, have a snack, again, spend some time away from parents, and then go home. It's just a little taste of what is to come. I'm excited for this fall when Rowan can attend preschool because he'll get that social aspect. Right now, he's a preschool of one, and so he's not understanding waiting your turn to talk, sharing, even though he does have a younger brother, and all the other skills that come from being amongst peers. I also love music, so that will be a huge part of my preschool. My babies have both loved music since they've been in the womb, (laughs) and that is the theme of the preschool this month with Rowan. I like to give directions through song, teach through song, and all around just have fun with silly music. If, after listening to this episode, you know of any preschool that sounds like this, please let me know. Pretty soon, I will look for recommendations and really start researching where to enroll Rowan for preschool. I know exactly what I want in a preschool, and I hope I can find something for him that fits this ideal. In my mind, personal recommendations are best, so again, let me know. Thank you for listening. I hope this episode was beneficial in some way. Your Weekly Wisdom is by Katherine M. Wallace. She says, quote, Listen earnestly to anything your children want to tell you, no matter what. If you don't listen eagerly to the little stuff when they are little, they won't tell you the big stuff when they are big, because to them, all of it has always been the big stuff. Close quote. Thank you for listening and sharing this podcast. Please leave a review wherever you listen, and as always, have a great week.